Yes, this is Man to Man Podcast and I'm here again with Jarrod, the transformation coach who has had such a vast life for such a young man. He's been in the army, had to deal with, obviously, friends dying, had PTSD based on that, had a lot of healing work and now he's helping people with his business, which is transforming coaches, making them become better coaches, which these coaches will then help other people become better, which is an amazing thing to do. He's an amazing guy. He has such a, 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 a deep and professional outlook on how coaching should be. His, his, his experience in the industry is, is vast and it comes across in this podcast. And, you know, anyone who feels like they need a coach and may be hesitant, because in this life, I believe we all need coaching. You know, we are um, all here to learn and coaches can take us to the next level a lot quicker than we can ourselves. And that's what coaches do. And that's what Jared definitely does. And you guys will just gain some knowledge and experience from Jared. So please listen, please stay tuned and share and like. Yes. So Jared, um, it's great having you here on Man to Man podcast and, um, I thank you for your time and uh, your energy and your presence. And um, I know we've got a lot to go into, um, but firstly, the first thing I want to ask you is why did you start this transformation, transformation coaches on YouTube, on Instagram? Uh, why did you start it? And what was, what's the purpose? What's your, what's the purpose? What's like the core yeah. purpose? Yeah. Thanks for asking me that, man. That's a great question. So I, for me, I got into it actually when I had my first combat experience. I went to combat when I was 18 years old, very, very young. Um, and I saw my first life and death situation when I was in combat when I was 18. I had a friend die next to me um, yeah. and I had a kind of like an existential crisis yeah. after, you know, in that, not in that moment, but after I got out of combat. So he yeah. got... He, my, one of my good friends got killed right next to me and that really okay. shook and rocked my world. Um, where was you combating, by the way? Where was you, where was you um, posted? So I was posted in Afghanistan. So okay. uh, su Southern Helmand Province, Afghanistan in 2010. Yeah. So when, when that experience happened, I thought to myself, holy cow, like, uh, you know, what, what is life really about? I didn't really have an opportunity to go into those existential questions when I was mm. in combat because I was just surviving. But mm -hmm. it really opened up a space for me to say, what is life really about? What's a life worth living? What does this really mean? So when I got back from my military service when I was 22, uh, yeah. then I decided to really do all this healing work. So I did a lot of healing work, uh, counseling, uh, DBT, CBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy. And mm -hmm. over the years, I healed. And so I healed my combat trauma. I healed my PTSD. Um, I did a lot of alternative therapies, craniosacral therapy, all different mm. types of therapies. And I thought to myself, well, now that I've healed all my combat trauma, now that I've healed all of my, um, you know, now that I've healed all of my, all my other work, like what's, yeah. what's really next? And I thought I was going to go become a counselor, but a counselor, they look at you that from the perspective that you're broken and that you've got to integrate your past self. Whereas a coach looks at you from the future perspective and says, how can we integrate your future self? And I love mm. that orientation. I, I love, love that the orientation. Yeah. It was, 
Yeah. So that, that got me really excited. So I went into the work full time when I was 25, I'm 31 now, um, hired my first coach, Paul Gaztold, went to a coaching school, uh, a school hosted by Steve Chandler. And then I started up my YouTube channel and that was when things started taking off. I shared my story. People started sharing my story. Um, and then I, I think I had the first person reach out to me and said, you know, Hey, I'll pay you like, I'll pay you some money to connect with you for a session. I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, well, connect me for a session. What does that actually mean? Yeah. Um, and, and so he paid me like 60 bucks for the first session. And then I was like, Oh, maybe I can make a living off of this. And so then I had more people reaching out to me and I was charging for single sessions. And um, then I just kept raising the prices. The demand started coming in more and eventually it got to the point where I was charging, you know, people, a hefty penny to do transformational work with me. And now that started six years ago. It wasn't like yeah. this happened overnight. I mean, it started mm -hmm. with like $60 a session and $80 a session. And, you know, then I got mentoring and better coaching. And, you know, since then I've went to four coaching schools. My last mentorship, which uh, was with Michael Neal, and that was a $75,000 mentorship. Um, and that guy just downloaded about three and a half decades worth of wisdom of the industry within me. He's been doing, wow. he's got books in 25 different languages. And so we've been running our work, um, full time for about six, six years now. And I got, uh, you know, a team of three people around me, which was really cool. And, um, uh, I never really thought my life would take this perspective, man. I, I never did. And, um, mm. life has really humbled me in some awesome ways. And it shows me that you really can create and do whatever you want in life. Mm. <laughs> so, so now that's the space that I bring people into It's Um, how can you optimize your life, create life on your terms and do it and do it in a way that honors your spirit, honors your heart, but also honors, you know, what you want to do out there in the world. For, for me, it doesn't, you can have, you really can have it. You can create wealth doing what you love, but you also can create it from a space of being aligned to yourself and aligned to your heart and, mm. and serving the world and have fulfillment and have joy. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, no, I, I hear that. Do you, do you, when I listen to you now, I'm thinking the way you, the way you're, you're saying it is if you make it sound easy, to be honest. Right. Right. And you know, my, my, my question is, and maybe some people think this too, also I listen to this. Can anybody become a coach? Because, you know, is it, is, it a type of, is it a type of thing where you even needed the experience and then you can teach some, someone based on the experience? Is it something that you're, you're born with? Maybe in, in terms of the way you, you, you teach, the way you explain things, the way, the way you can see maybe like you said, someone's uh, future self, or is it something that everybody can learn? Is it, is it, that, is it that simple? Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. Well, it, it wasn't easy until it was, <laughs> like, mm. and it, it got easier as I got the right skill sets. So whatever, whatever, as a coach, I look at as a human being, as all aspects of life, I see their financial development. I see their relational development. I see their communicational development. I see yeah. their leadership development. So we all have these different developmental lines being a human being. And what makes life hard is not having a certain skill set. Mm. But once you master or learn that skill set, life suddenly becomes easier. Your, yeah. your situations don't change. Like I still have all the same situations, if not more situations that I had three, four or five years ago. I still 
get resistance in sales at times. I still get, uh, you know, relationship challenges, uh, all those things. But I have the right skill sets that allow me to move through those experiences with more ease and grace. And so yeah. if you're a coach, any, most people have the capacity to be a coach. What I say is what, what differs from a good coach to a bad coach or from a, an, an excellent coach to a, a good coach yeah. is their level of experience, their level of perception and their mm. ability to see what that human being needs in front of you and what's creating their experience. Like for, I'll give you a perfect example of this. I had one executive uh, that I was coaching and, you know, he really successful guy had him was a multimillionaire. Uh, he never felt understood. He was mm. always, he would always come to me and say, Jared, no one listens to me. No one listens to me. I could see he was really, really frustrated. He said, my wife doesn't listen to me. My kids don't listen to me. My employees don't listen to me. No one listens to me. And I said, well, John, it's not that no one listens to you. I, I understand that. I feel you. I acknowledge this experience. I understand that you, you think and feel that no one's listening to you. But then I just told him, I said, John, what if you, you're like, as a coach, I knew that it wasn't that people weren't listening to him. It was his communication skills. Okay. Like, you know, cause uh, people listen to you if you're a good communicator. Yes. 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 <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, and, and if someone says like, Oh, you know, people, uh, no good, like relationships, like, no, no one's good at a, no one loves me or I just don't feel loved or mm. I, I know then right there, oh, you just don't have good relationship skills. Mm. So, so it's like our biggest pains and challenges in our life, whether it's in our communicational development, our relational development, our leadership development are just pointing to the skills that we need to develop and embody. And once we develop and embody those skills, suddenly more opportunity and possibility opens up in our life. Mm. Is, is it hard to develop these, you know, skills that someone doesn't have, like, you know, like you just said, a communication, um, someone who's, who's able to communicate clearly in the field that they want to communicate in? Is it, if they have, you know, obviously they must have some form of level of communication as everyone does, but let's say, they need to, they need to, their, their communication is at 20% and they need to reach communication level at 80%. How do you get them to that, to gain 60% more uh, improvement in their communication? Is that, is that such a difficulty and not just communication in any type of field? How difficult is that? It's a great, yeah, that's a great question, Stuart. I like that. Um, so I would say, there's three components to this capacity, capability, and willingness capacity mm -hmm. is the amount of mental and emotional bandwidth that we have. So mm -hmm. mental and emotional bandwidth, do we actually have the bandwidth for what we're experiencing to, to mm -hmm. learn a new skill to make our experience of life better? Uh, so that's capacity. So that's the first component. Does the person actually have the capacity to absorb a teaching? And but if they if they don't, is it are they just a write off completely? Not not completely. Uh, they they become a write off until they experience enough pain to say I need to change this. But I'd rather not have a human being get to that point mm. because it, they don't have to. Like most most human beings, they'll experience a lot of pain, and until they experience a lot of pain, then they'll reach out for help. Yeah. We don't have to do it that way. We we, we mm. genuinely don't. I was just talking to a woman earlier she was struggling with her relationship and she's now getting a divorce and I can tell she's in a lot of pain. 
And I told her, I said, this is exactly why I'm reaching out to you because I can see that you're hurting in relationship and yeah. I don't want you to have this experience again. I can see it's really painful for you and that doesn't have to be it. Mm. And so I spoke to her pain. So she yeah. didn't have the capacity for it. And then I dropped her into her pain. And once she dropped into her pain, I, and I asked her those questions, how much is this costing you emotionally? Is it mm. worth uh, you living like this? And, and what's it worth to you? And then suddenly she had the capacity because she didn't want to feel that pain anymore. And it's okay. Uh, that's not masochistic to drop people into their pain. I think it's masochistic to drop people into the pain if you don't have a legitimate solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? Um, so capacity is the first area. I'd say capability is the second. Do they actually have the capability to mm. learn? Some people really don't have the capability. Um, mm. I used to be like everyone, you know, is possible. Anyone can do anything. Yeah, that's not true. We all have different levels of capability. And I think we need to see what each level of capability is out there for us and, um, and be, be willing to understand our limits, but also be willing to understand that as we increase our skill set, we expand our limits. So I always look at capability um, and then willingness. Willingness is the most important part. If they don't have the willingness for it, they're not going to be able to learn. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, my, I, I, my, I was um, hanging out with my nephew this weekend, a really cute little kid. He's only six months old and uh, he just came into the family and I could see he was trying to learn how to roll over like on his <laughs> belly. Yeah, and 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 I I I love human development, and so I was looking okay. at him and I said, look, uh, I, you know, if 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 he's willing to learn, then he'll eventually learn that skill. Like, mm. if you're if you're willing to learn to roll over on your stomach, or if you're willing to learn uh, service, or if you're willing to learn a leadership skill, whatever it may be, then you then you can you open up more opportunity. But you have to be willing. If their willingness isn't there, it's going to be very hard. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. And, you know, there's a saying like, you know, with, with, with uh, children, the example you used, uh, if you, if you trans, transmute that into like adulthood, children don't know how to walk until they know how to walk. And how many, right. times, how many times do they fall over until they, uh, and, until they walk? And it's, it's like you said, it's because they're willing they, they want to walk they're seeing all their actors in their parents walk and family and people everyone walk so they know that they can and i feel like with when, when it comes to coaching um it i don't know obviously you have way more experience than, than i do even the small coaching i have done um if they're not if they if they don't believe that they can do something you cannot convince them to do. You cannot convince them. It's, right. it's, 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 I, I believe it's, it's impossible if they don't believe. Absolutely. And would would you take on a client? Yeah. If they yeah. have that non that non belief, would you take one on, or would you, you know, irris irrespective of? Yeah. Let's say there was that multi millionaire. I know this is like you know, yeah, it's, it's money. But if you, you just uh, believe, you you just. They're telling you they don't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it. And they're repeatedly saying it all the time. Would you continue? Or, or is there a point where maybe you have to let, let it go and let, let them go I, for another path? Yep. I totally, I totally got it. So this is like, I, I, this is a important question. I think as it relates to a sales, a lot of the time as well, too. Mm -hmm. um, a person may not like one of the values that a coach brings in the engagement is that, mm -hmm they do believe in you. 
Like mm-hmm. that's like in 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 like that that is huge. Like if I'm if I'm raising my child, and you know he every all the doctors say that he he's not going to be able to learn how to walk, yeah. but you believe that he has that potential and that capacity. Mm-hmm. The people feel that. Like people yeah. genuinely feel that. So if if someone doesn't believe in themselves to do something, whether it's create more money doing what they love or whether it, whatever it is, if they don't believe, if they don't believe whatever, whatever they're not believing, that's where you as a coach get to hold the space for them and say, look, I know you don't believe me, but I see this potential and I see this capacity within you and I believe in you. And so if they don't, because belief comes down to trust. It's like, I don't believe in me and I don't trust the fact that I can do this. Like, I remember when I didn't believe that I could make $5,000 a month doing what I loved. And then I did. And then I remember not believing that I could make $10,000 a month doing what I loved. And then I did. And it was the same for 15,000. It's like, that's, that's just a financial development. It could be in relationship as well too. any aspect of life. That's where we as coaches have to hold the space and say, I know you don't believe in you and I know Mm. you don't trust you. Will you place your trust in me Mm. and believe in me and believe in your capacity to learn and grow? No one, no human being believes that they can do something until they do it. That's the very Mm. nature of life. Mm. But we as coaches get to hold the space for that other person and to say, I know you don't believe in yourself, but yeah. will you believe in the potential that you have to develop this aspect of your life? Because I believe in you. And if you don't trust yourself, will you trust me? Yeah. And invite people into that trust. I had a woman the other day, she said, you know, I don't believe that I can, you know, create, create a business, a viable full-time business. I just don't. I said, of course you don't. You never have, have you? And she said, no. And I, and I told her, well, I have. And she said, I know. And I was like, and that's why we're having this conversation, right? And she said, yeah. And I told her, I said, look, this program that I'm running, I can't tell you that it's going to give you those results. But what I can tell you is this. When people have gone through it and absorbed the information and implemented the information, when they act on that, I've never had someone who didn't eventually get to the point where they were doing their work full time in the world. So I can't guarantee you the outcome, but I can guarantee you this. If you take the action and implement what I share, that it's going to build a great foundation for you to either get to that point or to create that in your life. Will you step in and trust me and trust my work and the value that I can bring to your world? Will you step into that? And she stepped into that and I invited her into that space. And so that's the space that we hold as coaches is, If a person doesn't believe in themselves, that's okay. You get to hold the belief for them, mm. and relentlessly see and speak to that vision for them. And that's what gets them to that next, that, that next level. And it may take six months. It may take a year. It may take a couple swing, like, you know, two years, but that's, that's the space that we get to hold for, for as coaches. Mm. It sounds like, you know, a lot of responsibility with transforming transforming people's lives that's that's what that's what you're doing um do you feel that responsibility yeah yeah you know it's funny that you say this dude i literally just have one of my clients ask me a similar question he said jared 
um, I, how do I take on the responsibility of getting people a result? And I say, that's not your responsibility as a coach. Your responsibility isn't to get a result. Your responsibility is to provide the skill set to hold the space, to give them the emotional and mental bandwidth to mm. have, to relentlessly believe in them, uh, mm. to have compassion for them when they don't believe in themselves, but also to yeah. challenge them when, when you see that something greater is on offer for their life. That's mm. our responsibility. Our responsibility is not on the result. Our responsibility is on holding the emotional and mental space, mm. uh, delivering the value and deliver and, and sharing the skill set, sharing the information, and also holding the compassion and the challenging energy so that they can step up into that space. Like human mm. beings need three, three energies in their life, the way that I look at it. They okay. need someone to be compassionate and loving and say, I understand this is hard. I understand this hurts. I'm with you. That's one. They need challenging energy. Hey, I understand this is scary. I understand this is uh, crazy for you. I challenge you to step up in these new ways. Uh, and then they also need curiosity, genuine curiosity for them to genuine curiosity. Like, like, where's this person going? Wh what capacity and capability do they have? Curiosity opens us up to life. Yeah. Uh, and most human beings have never had uh, another person get curious about them. In one of my programs, I literally do an exercise where uh, the coaches just get curious about each other for 30 minutes, where a person mm -hmm. just looks at you and they just ask curious questions. I wonder where Stuart's going to be 100 years from now. I wonder where Stuart's going to be uh, you know, 30 years from now, I, I wonder where Stuart's going to uh, challenges and struggles in his life. I want, and, and, and you just ask those questions because that opens us up as human beings and allows mm -hmm. us to develop. So these mm -hmm. are things, these are things in the education system that we don't teach. Like we don't yes. teach the value of pondering over another human being and how that opens them up to a sense of wonderment and possibility. Mm -hmm. No, it's just, it's so true what you're saying, you know, um, I look at this in, in my, one of my passions is travel, which is in, in what you're saying is, you know, exploring, pondering, curiosity. It, it creates this, this element of, of um, uh, the new, a mental exploration, so to speak, mm -hmm. you, you know, it's like your, your mind is exploring. It, it, like you just said, like just asking someone a question, thinking about something, talking, it's, it's an exploration of the mind and that creates new, like, you know, neurons, neurons in your mind and you know you're doing so much with all this exploring and all this new that's coming into your life you know yeah. um do, do do you think um there has to be an element of likability with a coach um in order for the client to 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 to, to, to pay for that to pay for them mm -hmm. or is it more based on the knowledge and skills of the coach um which one do you think is i mean maybe both are important but mm -hmm. if you had to choose one or if you or do you think just it has to be like you have to be like you have to be could, could you could you ask that question again Stuart? i'm not sure i, I don't understand so, so do, do you feel like as a coach you have to be more likable rather gotcha. than the having the skill set uh, uh you know showing your skill set showing your knowledge showing your expertise so to speak gotcha gotcha that's a great question so there's there's really two areas here 
people tend to hire people that they like. Uh, mm. But at the same time, no one's going to hire you to be their friend and to have a, like a, a you know, no one's going to hire you because they just like you. Mm. They'll, 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 they'll tend to hire you. You'll, I think your probability will go up if they like you. Like that will increase, but that doesn't guarantee that you'll get them as a client. Mm. What at the end of the day, it's value. How much value are you bringing to a person's life? I've had people cry on my calls on a normal, I've had people uh, not like me, but they mm. saw the value that I was bringing to their life. Mm. So, so at the end of the day, I say, Yes, liking is important to some degree, but what's most important is value. Does mm. that other human being see exactly how you will bring value to their life? Mm. And I, I always break down value to two areas, qualitative and quantitative. Uh, is there going to be some sort of financial return for them working with you? And is there going to be some sh emotional shift in their experience of life with them yeah. working with you and being connected to you? Yeah. Those are really, really the two areas. And so when, it, when it comes to people hiring you, values are most important. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people who, like I have clients who they not necessarily liked me, but they, they love me. And there's a difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they know that I'm going to tell them what they don't necessarily want to hear. They mm. know that I'm going to kind of be in, uh, part of my French, an asshole at times. Yeah. Out, of, out of playing devil's advocate or being challenging yeah. but they also know that i really care enough to hold them to the fire when they need it like the best mm. coaches know when to be challenging and they know when to be really compassionate i had a good example of this is i had one client she was working for a really big uh, a big company um fortune 200 company she went through a big corporate betrayal she was really really hurting we were on the call she was crying I cried with her, not like sobbing. I was like, had tears coming down my eyes, but I was still holding the space. I just was, yeah. my heart was connected to her. Mm. She cried for about five to 10 minutes where we didn't say anything. And I had tears coming my, down my eyes. I was just holding the space. And then I could tell she was done crying. And then I just looked at her and I said, Lucy, what's next? What's next for you? Like, what is the next? I know this was a hurt. I feel, I feel your pain. I'm with you. What are we doing next? How, yeah. how can, where are we taking action next? And yeah. she took a big, deep breath in. And then she shared with me where, what she sees she's doing next. Most human beings don't know how to be that compassionate, loving presence where you can empathize and cry with a person mm -hmm. and then hold them through that space with that container, that masculine energy, that masculine container, and then say, what's next? What are we doing next? This is the woman that I see. I, I encourage, invite you to step up into it. And so it's, it's the best coaches. They know how to do both. They know how to be compassionate and loving. They know how to challenge other human beings to be their best selves. And they're not worried about coming off like a, like a, you know, kind of like an a-hole at times, because mm -hmm. it, if it's coming from a place of, of wanting the best for that other human being. Exactly. It sounds like, you know, there's a, a balance of masculine and feminine energy that you have to um, input into absolutely and absolutely. um absolutely you know, like you just said the time to be compassionate the time to be challenging you know these are masculine and feminine energies that um you need and you know is it's education mm. um you know because 
you know, you said you've been educated well within coaching, you know, there's all different types of coaching courses. You know, there's, you know, the, the top ones that we, we've heard of. I'm not sure, I'm not sure of the names, but I, I, I know of them and I know people that are doing them um, where you, you have like, uh, like pay, I don't know how much in dollars, but it's like 10,000 pounds um, for courses. And then you, they, 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 you know, you're with like a group of other people who are doing the courses and stuff. And, you know, these are quite helpful. It, it, is it a situation where you, you, you know, obviously coaching, coaching coaches is always needed. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, are you able to coach without any of that? Can, can someone just become a coach, a good coach, and do that if they have the natural talent, if they have the knowledge, the skills? Or, you know, yeah. I know I, I know it's a bit of an obvious answer in terms of like retraining is always needed, coaching is always needed for coaches. Right. It's always needed, but how much of an effect does it have in, in, in leveling you up as a coach? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I, I, there's two two answers here. Two, it's twofold. The first one is I've been on the side where I was coaching people. I didn't have any training whatsoever, and I was genuinely helping people and and, mm. and genuinely supporting them. Mm. At the same time, when I look back at that part of my journey in the coaching industry or personal development industry, I think that could be very dangerous as well too. Because, like, let's say you've gone through an experience, right, where uh, I don't know, like Pete, like combat, like I went through combat and I healed my combat wounds. Yeah. Does that qualify me to help someone professionally to move through their PTSD and their trauma? Yes. In the sense, yes and no. Yes. In one sense, because I've healed it and I've done it. So I can give that gift to another human being who may have gone through combat, but mm-hmm. it would certainly help to have some proper training and qualifications. Yeah. Like, I remember I, the coolest person I ever coached, uh, this was a really, I, I had the opportunity to coach um, the lead singer of Nickelback for, for two, two and a half hours, Chad Kroger. Uh, yeah. Really cool experience. I met him randomly. He was doing a show in Boulder, Colorado, like four, four years ago. Um, mm. And he was in, he was in a bar. And at the time I was doing part-time work as a security manager. I was doing my coaching full-time, but I still didn't fully trust myself to take that big leap. Mm. Um, and he was, so I was, I was working as a security guard. Um, yeah. And I, I was shutting down the bar and him and his band was drinking there. And long story short, he pulled out this thing and I, I called him out. I called him out. I didn't care who he was. I, I'm like, I'm a Marine by trade. I don't care if you're the president of the United States, if you're being disrespectful, I'm going to call you out on it. So I called him out. Well, mm-hmm. he, he never had anyone stand up to him that way. And he asked what I did. I said, well, I do coaching full time. I just do this on the side uh, because I, I'm, I haven't taken the jump fully yet. Yeah. So he asked, he asked me to coach him. Long story short, he, he shared with me some things around people he had worked with and hired who had all the qualifications in the world and it didn't help him because mm. they hadn't understood. They didn't understand his world. They didn't understand his life. They didn't understand what it meant to be a rock star leading a, you know, a team of, um, you know, other rock stars and, you know, performing in front of millions of people and how much that takes out of you energetically. Yeah. No one understood, like the, the greatest people in the world couldn't understand that. But I understood what it was like to lead some men into combat and the pressure of that and mm. the glory of that and mm. the level of hardness you have to develop within yourself to do that successfully. 
And I, he said that I helped him more than anyone else he had ever worked with. And yeah. that was because of my experience. Yes. So, yes. so it's a yes and no answer. Like, mm. does it help to have qualifications? Yes, absolutely. Do I think you should have some levels of qualifications? Yes, absolutely. But what I would say is more important is have a mentor. You know, like yeah. guilds, guilds were the guilds have been around for years where, you know, you apprentice. That was why I hired my last coach, Michael Neal. I had had a university training. I had had, I went to a coaching school and I thought they were great value, but I said, I want a mentor. I want someone who's walking yeah. this walk. And, yeah. and that's where a guild comes in. And so I, I always like doing a, like a mentorship or a guild or, you know, kind of like a trade school. Mm, no, I I completely agree. Um, like, you know, the education is needed, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But a mentor can take you so, so far, so, so, so far, so quickly, because they have all the tools and they're, they're, they're going to make you skip all the, you know, the, the falls and, and, and everything like that. You're going to, you're going to, you know, yeah. you're gonna, it's like you're just, you're just, you're just skipping the, the, um, the levels really with a mentor. That, I, I love that you said that, Stuart. That's exactly it. I, I mean, I remember distinct conversations with my coach, my mentor, Michael, um, where literally he saved me two, two or three to five years of going yeah, down yeah. the wrong path. Like he, yeah. like I would say one thing and he would raise his hand. Jared, I'm going to politely interrupt. Um, if you do go that route and it's not for me to say to do it or not do it, but I just want you to know if you do go down that route, this is probably what's most likely to happen. Yeah. And this is, this is what's going to cost you. Yeah. And you, you do what you want, but this is the truth of it. And I was like, oh, wow. Yep. Thanks, man. <laughs> they have the experience. They have the experience that yeah, exactly. they're, they're going to give for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They have yeah. the experience. And, and that's that download of wisdom mm. that you can't get from a, 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 a school. Mm. Uh, and, and that, that value, like this is in other cultures around the world, you know, when the elderly get up into their, um, you know, into the, when they retire, yeah. they, their wisdom is respected and they, yeah. they teach that to the other generations. We've lost that in our modern world. 100%. Uh, we, we've, we've lost that. And I think that's something that we need to regain. I think like it's, it's, it's so minimal. Um, that wisdom, you know, it's, it's so hard to find. It's so, so difficult to come across um, because of the way our world is the way, you know, internet and, and social media and we have like this short attention span where it's like three seconds now and we swipe you know yeah. we, we don't we don't we don't actually you know think and, and and think about what we're reading we just swipe 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 next 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 we don't have this take a minute take a moment type thing and you know it's it's important to to to, to have someone to you know, guide you and teach you the ropes of whatever you're trying to do. And my, my, my biggest thing is, you know, even the best, the best athletes in the world, whatever, you know, sport you're into, I'm into personally football or soccer, however you want to call it, um, they have coaches and they're the best in the world. Mm -hmm. So if they're the best in the world and they have coaches, and if you're not, clearly you need coaches too everybody needs coaches and you know absolutely vital for life to have coaches vital yeah yeah 
there's there's a shadow in the industry where it's like people sometimes think oh well coaching coaches is weird it's not because there's degrees of expertise in each area Mm -hmm. there's degrees of expertise in each area and um i think some parts of the industry it can be shadowy where there's like the blind leading the blind Mm -hmm. um but that's why it's 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 good to have an outside perspective and to be to, to that was why I worked with my last coach, Michael. He'd been in the industry for three and a half decades. And I said, dude, I, I, I want to make my headway in this industry. And I want, you, will you download your decades worth of wisdom so I can understand yeah. where to go and where not to go? And that was exactly yeah. what, what he did for me. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think that's the value of having a good mentor or doing a, 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 co- a coaching program that runs more of like a trade school as opposed to just a certification uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. How 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 easy or difficult is it to build a network of clients? You know, for anyone, for a coach, you know, what would you advise them to 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 gain clients? Because I, I believe that is that the hardest part of coaching. Um, I, I for me maybe maybe not. I I don't know. For me, it's it's it's. I would say because you're a coach, but you're running a business as well, too. Like mm. it's, it comes back to that skill set. Like at one point, client acquisition was hard for me, but now it's not just because I, I know what I'm doing and I see, and I'm always open to learning, but I see exactly where I can bring value to a person's life. And so mm. when you see, when you have that servant's heart and you see exactly where you can bring value to a person's life and you have that level of expertise, like, like now I have, I meet clients everywhere now. Uh, mm-hmm. I meet clients on the plane. I meet clients, um, you know, at fam- like I've had some of my family members hire me because yeah. they just saw how I changed and how I shifted and what I was doing yeah. in the world. So, so it, yes and no, it may, it, it, yes, in the beginning when you don't know what to do, but no, once you have a servant's heart where you just look through the eyes of the heart and you see what is it that this human being struggling with, how can my presence and my my work help them and bring value to their life and then when you get convicted of that that value it it would be ridiculous not to make an offer like a lot of people worry about sales and coaching oh i don't want to come off as pushy like sales is nothing more than seeing where you can bring value to another human being's life sharing with them that value and making a powerful invitation around a price point to deliver on that value Mm. that process it's that simple uh, yeah. don't try to convince other people, just get convicted from your heart of how you can bring value to their world. Don't yeah. be aggressive, be assertive of the value that you could bring to their world. Don't need mm. to be pressury, just be passionate. When you show mm. up in that way, you'll close a lot of deals. And that was a mm. big distinction for me in my, my career as a coach. No, that sounds big. It sounds big. What you said, is that, is that, is that the biggest advice you'd give to someone or any coach starting new? Or what would, what would be the one thing if it's not that? Yep. That you advise. I would say, look for how you can bring value to a person's life through the eyes of your heart, open your heart up to them, uh, have a, have a view to give and not get. And then once you see exactly how you can give them value and you're convicted at that, assert the value that you can bring, speak, speak to that boldly and make a powerful invitation for them to work with you and, and mm-hmm. have no shame around that. Mm-hmm. That for me was a really big uh, a distinction. Uh, coaching and getting clients was a struggle until I really got the 
value of looking through my heart and supporting another human being. And they're just making a powerful invitation to how I can help and support them. That's simple. Mm. It, yeah, no, I completely understand that. Do you have like any rituals like you do or so, something different that how that is outside of the norm, how you prepare maybe before you talk to a, a client yep. or anything like that? I write down six to seven areas where I see just being in connection with me would bring a lot of value to their life and their work. Mm-hmm. And then I, I feel into that. I, I get, I bring that into my heart space and I get convicted on that. And then I bring that into the conversation. That's the best ritual you can do because people will feel that people mm-hmm. will feel that. Wow. No, this person actually does care. They actually see how I can be supportive. And if you live and move that way through the world, Money will never be an issue. Clients will never be an issue ever. I can guarantee it 100%, 150%. Wow. Do you, do you find that like, obviously in the beginning when you started, the obviously you said you was doing part-time work and you know, building your business. Did the money aspect cause you like, you know, maybe some people, the pressure of trying to close deals and, and gain more clients, the pressure of, of, the, of the money um, situation. Did, did you ever struggle with that? Did you ever like, you know, yeah, or did it come, and how did you overcome that? If you did? Absolutely. absolutely. There's always going to be some degree of pressure in anything just because that's the very nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but eventually you just don't get pressure because you trust yourself. Like, like I only feel pressure when I don't fully trust myself to create a certain outcome in my life. And if you want to create a certain outcome, it's just a skill set. And then once you master that skill set, then naturally you get what you want in life, whatever that may be, whether it's a client or whether it's a relationship. Um, And then once you do that enough times, then there's less pressure. And then that's, that's when you can really enjoy your work. Mm, is it like a would you say it's your passion would you say that's your main passion or do you have other passions definitely yeah definitely I mean, so passion is like a fire we build it by taking action um mm. like if you're learning an instrument you might not be passionate about it but as you get better at it you become passionate about it and yes. then once you become passionate about it because you and you because you enjoy it because you're good at it then usually it starts bringing you money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I, I found with me, like when I started helping people, because I, I, I'm like my, my specialty, I have a few, but one of them is astrology mm-hmm. and I've started, I've helped people, you know, with their charts and all different types of with astrology. You can help in basically all aspects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got to, I got to a point where I didn't really want to do it because I, I lost the passion, so to speak, but, I still, I still was always learning, always reading about it. I always educated myself with it. And then, you know, people knew that I, I did it. People that are close to me knew that I did it. And I started helping people outside of my, my circle, so to speak. And then once I realized I started helping people, the passion came back. Yep. And I feel like maybe some people, but definitely me, when I, when I realized that, I enjoy, I feel happy when I'm helping, that that is my passion. My passion is actually helping people be their better self and becoming their better self. And I think even if maybe it's not, you're doing something that isn't 
you know, your 100% desire, but maybe the outcome of what the person is or does or whatever is, is the passion. It may not be the actual, you know, your actual expertise that you're teaching, you know? Yeah. That's exactly it. Yep. And, and I love that you brought that up. We, we are born to serve. And if we're not serving and adding value to the world, mm-hmm. we will feel that emotional pain and we will feel a lack of passion. Passion is always built. It's a, it's, yeah, the more action I take, the more passionate I seem to get about uh, something in, in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Stuart, I'm sorry, I don't mean to um, uh, cut this off too early. I just want to give you a heads up. I, I do have my next call here in about 25 minutes. So I, okay. I um, we probably got like, uh, and I know you're running the interview, but so I don't want to disrespect that. But no, I, no, it's I fine. Got, it's fine. I, I got time probably about for one or two questions. I just got yeah, no worries, no worries. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we'll edit that little bit out, but um, we'll wrap it up, um, and then we'll talk after. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I mean. Now you're you now you're transforming. You're looking to transform coaches, and you're looking to help coaches with the experience that you've gained um, in coaching become better coaches. Why do you think that people should come to you to become better coaches? It's a great question. Um, so I think threefold, really. One, I've spent close to about a quarter million dollars on myself in this work. I've spent a mm. lot of resources because I, I'm really passionate about it. My yeah. combat experiences and being around death showed me that life is a precious gift. And so yeah. actualizing human potential is really important to me. It's very close to my heart. Uh, I think a lot of human beings live and exist in a way that they think that they have a lot more life to live. But yeah. combat and death really showed me that life can be taken from us at any moment and any second. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to honor it and respect that. And so getting, yeah. getting the best out of a human being and getting the best out of ourselves, that really excites me because okay. it, it allows us to live life to the fullest and, and to mm-hmm. see it for the gift that it is. Um, so that's the first reason. I, I've just invested so much in myself. Uh, you know, I, I think I went to like, gosh, I went to Super Coach Academy, Steve Chandler's Coaching Prosperity School, Hardcore Leadership, University of uh, Georgia for executive coaching. And then I had uh, t- two, two mentorships in there, Paul Gastold and Michael Neal. Um, so I, I really get the coaching process. I really get the transformation, what that actually means. Um, there's a lot of the blind leading the blind in the coaching industry. And one of the reasons why I hired Michael was so I, I wouldn't get caught up in that. And so yeah. I think in terms of value, I know that I can provide a lot of value just because of my experience and how much, how many, how much I've invested in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second reason is I pride myself in my work on balancing the business acumen with the transformational skills. You can be a great transformational presence and coach, but if you don't have the business acumen, it doesn't matter. It, like, like, the hardest realization for me was as a coach was to recognize you can be a great coach, just like you could be a great artist, but if yeah. you don't have good business skills, you, you will die with your greatest, um, your greatest gift to the world never shared. There's yeah. so many great artists who I think were better than Picasso and who are better than Andy Warhol and things like that, but they didn't know the marketing side of things. They didn't know the business acumen side of things. So they, they didn't, they were never able to get their gift out there in the world. And frankly, yeah. I see that a lot there in the world. So I don't like seeing that. I, I love coming across coaches who have great potential 
and who have a great skill set, but are just missing the business side of things. Mm. And that, that really gets me excited because I, I want them to get, I want them to be out there in the world. The unfortunate reality of marketing and business uh, is that you can, if you're good at marketing and sales, you might not necessarily be good at your craft. And that's definitely true for the coaching industry. You have a lot of yeah. people out there who are great at marketing, who are great at sales, but they're not good at mastering their craft. And because of that, they give the industry a bad name at, 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 as a whole. And so yeah. a lot of people feel burnt or mistreated. Um, and then you have these great coaches who aren't really good at the sales or marketing side of things. Yeah. And they're yeah. just hit, there's these hidden gems uh, mm -hmm. under the rocks. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, because I, I, I'm balanced in both areas, I, I have a successful business. I've had one for quite some time now, but I also understand the mastery of the transformation process. So I think that's why as well, too. Yeah. Nice. Nice. No, I mean, it's great stuff, man. And it's been uh, great talking to you and um, the insight you've given today has been fantastic. No doubt about it. Where can we find you if you need your help? Yeah, so if anyone wants to check out my work, I got my YouTube trans, uh, YouTube channel, Transformational Coaching. I got about a community of 24,000 other coaches there. I'm always running group programs. I run two group programs a year. I got a lot of free resources there on how, how to expand your work and build up your work. Um, master not only the transformation process, but also get better at the business acumen side of things. Uh, so I encourage you to yeah check out uh, the YouTube channel, Transformational Coaching, um, and you'll see all the all the resources and, and stuff are there. Great stuff, Jared. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and um, you've given big value today and uh, I really appreciate your time and energy and um, thank you for joining us on the Man to Man podcast. Thanks for having me, Stuart. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. No problem. Have a good day.